I think that's where the confidence is brought up and then it seeps into the conversations that you have. And I think having confidence in the conversations about what you truly want and being specific with industry jargon and language, you know, as far as responsibilities goes, I think that's where um, the rubber really meets the road. And um, those job search or career development conversations can become so much more fruitful. This is Your Career GPS, the podcast designed to help teens, young adults, students, new grads, and emerging professionals navigate their career journey. I'm Brad Minton. And I'm Cassie Spencer. Your journey starts now. Welcome back to Your Career GPS. It has been a long time, my friends, and we are so happy to be diving back into another episode after a couple of months off. I've got my co-host back here, Cassie. How are you doing, Cassie? I'm good. Happy, happy to be here. Happy to be back. I know. It has been far too long. <laughs> <laughs> so we just want to remind all of you if you are listening, make sure that you follow us, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on Instagram as well at Your Career GPS Podcast. You know, our episode today is all about finding ourselves, gaining clarity, increasing our energy, and accessing opportunities that we really feel are aligned to who we are holistically. And we have a fantastic guest who I've been super excited to get on the podcast for a while. Her name is Alicia Ramsdale. She is the founder and CEO of Mindful Career Path. Her role as CEO is to set the vision and thrive, guiding clients to develop their career stories in a mindfully enthusiastic approach. Coinciding with her own daily meditation practice, she brings a unique holistic approach to career coaching. Alicia has led successful client engagement with institutions and individuals. Prior to launching Mindful Career Path, she gained instrumental career development experience as a 15-year corporate industry professional where she co-led undergraduate students and their internship experience, participated in the hiring process of employees, and pioneered a career development program for young professionals, which is how I got introduced to her and her incredible work. So first of all, Alicia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you both so much for having me, and I appreciate the introduction. You make me sound more important than maybe I am. (laughs) We are absolutely delighted to have you here, and we're going to kick off this episode. So, you know, one of the things that we wanted to kind of start off with is that you've been, you know, a successful career coach, you've been an entrepreneur, and you have this really, really neat holistic approach with your clients and with the young people, the students that you work with. And, you know, one of the the core foundations of the work that you do is through mindfulness. And Coming from a mental health background, mindfulness was, you know, really such an important concept and a supplement to some of the work that I did, which is why I had so much interest in what you were doing. So for those who might not be familiar with the term mindfulness and really what it means and how you utilize it, uh, how do you define it? So... This is a really great question because I believe that over the last two years, really since COVID, mindfulness has almost become this buzzword. And in its simplest form, mindfulness is being present, right? Being aware of where you are in the present moment and why you're there. And I view the beauty of mindfulness as you're mentally accepting 
not only just where you are, but also being able to remain neutral in acknowledging your environment, right? So from a career perspective, inevitably, you're going to have stresses uh, that come along the way. And instead of, you know, rapid fire dealing with each and every moment or emotion um, frantically, the practice of mindfulness is accepting where you are presently without judgment. And when you think about that mindfulness, obviously there's a lot of benefits to doing that and kind of going through that process. But can you talk specifically about how being mindful and present can help someone who's maybe seeking clarity in their career and how they can practically apply that? Sure. And when I think of career clarity, because I think it can be defined depending on differently depending on who you're speaking with. But when I think of career clarity, I relate that to career fulfillment, right? Being fulfilled in what you wake up every day to do and serve, right? Serve your community. And the first step in career uh, fulfillment is being mindful or being your authentic self and bringing that authentic self to the conversation. And authenticity starts where you are right now, right now in the present moment. So mindfulness is beneficial in that it helps you wake up in a sense to where you are right now and determining if that's even where you want to be. So just from a personal standpoint, a few years ago, I participated in a mindfulness-based stress reduction program, and it was created by John Kabat-Zinn. He's kind of the the godfather of mindfulness, if you will. And the daily (laughs) one-hour practices I participated in helped me focus on getting back to the basics, right? So things like body scan meditations, where you would mindfully walk through each part of your body, noticing any sensations. And it was in these exercises that really helped me shift my attention to creating a judgment-free practice of noticing, you know, potentially any pain I've been experiencing in certain areas, and then make adjustments where I saw it fit. And using that type of mindset, I crafted and I brought that into my career coaching practice. So giving my clients that confidence to acknowledge, you know, where are you right now in your career and make adjustments to bring the rhythm back into the career. So if you take that with a practical application, listeners can start simple, right? They can apply a mindfulness-based strategy in their, if they're students, right, in their coursework or in their careers, just by starting to journal, right? Journal daily or weekly their successes every every day or every week, right? And from there, revisiting those successes to honestly assess, hey, you know, am I actually enjoying what I'm being successful in and what I'm accomplishing? And if not, you know, how can we, you know, repivot or refocus? I appreciate that you, you know, explained what career clarity means to you. And I think that's probably helpful to some of our listeners. But we also know that kind of finding that fulfillment and that clarity takes time. And, you know, not all of us are the most patient. So what are some ways that our listeners can kind of find those points to accelerate this process in finding that clarity and being more mindful with it and to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit more, I guess? Sure. And I think I think when I hear that question, that speaks to an individual's core message, right? Their core career message. So aligning, what does that mean? Align, know, aligning, knowing what you want in life 
and the message that you then put out into the universe. So I'm a, a, a true believer, a firm believer that good things take time, but great things take energy. And I ask the, always ask the question, what level of energy are you bringing to your career and determining you know, that path to career clarity? So now if you can, as an individual, as a listener, as a job seeker, if you can honestly commit to bringing energy to your career search, one of my favorite exercises that I like to go through with my clients is creating their own ideal job description, not really allowing a job description to define who they're going to be, but create their own ideal job description so they can then go through the process of finding that career clarity and speaking that truth to their network. And this is an accelerator for the clients I work with, and I'm happy to walk through with you in more detail, but uh, typically it's an accelerator because most of my clients, if not all of them, have never walked through this type of exercise. I absolutely love that. I think it's fantastic. And I'm just kind of curious in terms of that particular exercise, uh, I have to imagine that's got to be very, very empowering, you know, to be able to really think about all of these different things that you would like to be able to see through your work and not feel limited or pigeonholed by, you know, the market or what's out there. Absolutely. And if you go through this process, this ideal job description process that fits you rather than you fitting and pigeonholed into something, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's where the confidence is brought up. And then it seeps into the conversations that you have. And I think having confidence in the conversations about what you truly want and being specific with industry jargon and language, you know, as far as responsibilities goes, I think that's where um, the rubber really meets the road and um, those job search or career development conversations can become so much more fruitful. Mm. I think you just got our title for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always listening out for those analogies. So, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I think it's really, it's fantastic because you, you do, you have this opportunity to really anchor in these things that you want through this self-reflection, through taking the time to be mindful and really, you know, honing in on that authenticity. And then you're able to have those, those conversations that are very intentional. So all of those things are, are super great. One of the things that I was very, very curious to ask you about as somebody who works in this area is that, you know, many young people, particularly the ones that I have, uh, you know, the uh, experience of working with over these last couple of years who are really, really young, who are getting a lot of messages about what they should do and not do. They're being told things like follow your passions and just do what you love and all of these things from from all of these different influences. And a lot of times they're from adults or caregivers who are very well intentioned, but that may or may not be the best advice. So I was really kind of curious of what your take on that was. So I believe that, you know, doing what you love is possible, right? I'm proof Mm -hmm. of that. But the reality is that my doing what I love, you know, it came 17 years after I graduated college. Uh, Certainly not a speedy process. (laughs) But when I graduated, I defined career fulfillment as financial freedom, right? I worked for my paycheck, And that way I could be free to enjoy my time outside of that nine to five. 
And during this 17 year period, I held moments of self-reflection practices. And as my lifestyle changed, right, I had a young family, I started to redefine what career fulfillment um, was, and that was doing what I loved, right? So enter stage right, my mindful career path uh, practice. So with that being said, my, well, I guess real, realistic expectations for young adults is doing what you love, again, in quotes, is possible. What that journey looks like um, to you or, and, and depending on when you find that as far as the timeline goes, will be different than everybody else around you, right? Whether that's parents, whether that's friends, classmates, colleagues. And again, doing what you love, it takes time. It takes energy and you have to have this authentic commitment to acknowledge what you've done in the past, right? Where have your accomplishments been? Your success has been, where have you thrived? Articulating that core message and then putting that conversation out into the universe. So it's not a one size fits all, you know, easy puzzle. Doing what you love is possible, but it takes that commitment. Mm -hmm. Definitely takes that commitment. It takes time. And I think, you know, for some people kind of figuring out what those things are, like what are the things that they love and what's important to them, what's going to motivate them throughout their career, kind of that internal compass to direct them sometimes mm -hmm. takes a little while to, to figure that out. So are there some practical steps that people can take to help kind of find those points along the journey and other things that they can be doing to create their own career path versus trying to fit into one or fit into a job description that they're seeing? Yes, and I love this question. <laughs> and I have so many answers for it, but I'll, I'll try to I'll try to keep it brief. Um, we knew you would. <laughs> the, this brings me back to that earlier point, right? Putting the time and energy into crafting your core message. So again, walking through that ideal job description exercise and then sharing that story throughout the you know, throughout your network. And what is that ideal job description exercise? That is if you have an idea of something that you want to be, whatever that title is, right? And I use the financial analyst role as an example. You can go ahead and look at job descriptions for financial analysts. Doesn't matter what company, doesn't matter what location. But the point of the exercise is to look at a number of job descriptions with that title. Look at the responsibilities. And when you read each responsibility, figure out if, hey, that's something that I would love to do or be interested in doing every day when I wake up. If that's the case, copy and paste that responsibility on a blank word document. If it's something, that responsibility you're not interested in doing, that's okay. Leave it alone. And at the end of this exercise, let's say you've gone through 10 job descriptions. At the end of this exercise, you're going to have what was a blank document, and now you're going to have it filled with responsibilities for financial analysts that you would be excited to wake up or you are interested in waking up every day and doing at least you know, within the next year. I don't like to look much past that sometimes because that can be overwhelming, especially when you're just starting out. But you have this these lists of responsibilities to say, you know what, if I'm going to go out and network, I want to be honest with my conversation. So you start to talk to your network and you say, hey, I would really be interested in waking up every day and doing, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? These types of responsibilities. You're using the industry language, those that job description jargon that companies are using. And you're saying, I'd be excited to do these every day. Here's how I've also been successful 
in doing things like this in the past, whether that's project management, uh, people management, or, or people-to-people skills, things of that nature. And you can talk about some of those successes that you've had in the past, even if, quote, just in you know the classroom, that means a lot, especially when you're going for internships or you're graduating. Hiring managers know that most of your experience as a student is coming from the classroom or internships. So it's speaking to those successes as little or as you know big as you might think they are. They're still important. Um, and then kind of taking a step back. If somebody says, you know what, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know if it's a financial analyst or any specific title. I like to go through an exercise where I say, okay, I want you to envision a scene in your life down the road, right? however many years down the road, where you say, this is the scene I have when I've made it, right? And then work backwards. How can you get to that scene? And for, again, I like to tell personal stories. From a personal standpoint, I had two scenes. One, I'm still working on. I want to be in a, a TED Talk stage. <laughs> and the other one is me vacationing with my family um, and just complete happiness and representing uh, the companies that I created you know, by wearing some swag. And if anybody knows me well enough, they know that I love company swag. <laughs> uh, so for me to get to those scenes, I knew I had to do what I love. And I also had to be passionate in about and speaking about it. Right. So in my career journey, what I did was I reflected on where I was in my career that I thrived and that was career development roles. And then I spent time networking with as many people in that space, so in the career development space. And what this allowed me to do is get gain awareness and knowledge of what it actually looked like and what it would take to be successful in the career development space. So for practical steps for listeners, you know, number one, envision what that scene is like in your life down the road where you said, I've made it. Two, work backwards and figure out how to get to that scene. Three, start to identify areas where you love to work in and also you like to talk about. Four, network with as many people as you can in that career space. And I like to say, especially for students, with alumni is a great you know, starting point because you have that soft opening of, hey, we are both alumni or I'm soon to be an alumni at this college or university. And then the last step is start to create, connect the dots, right? Start to create that roadmap from, you know, what you love to this, to the scene that that scene in your life. And that says, Hey, I've made it. I absolutely love all of that. And I think it, it mimics a lot of the, the principles that I cover when I'm working with students. You know, I love the reverse goal setting aspect because it, it's really, really great to be able to kind of say, I kind of know, you know, what that end destination is going to be. And now I have to kind of follow the breadcrumbs in order to, you know, collect in order to find a place to, that I can get there. I wanted to briefly ask you just a quick question about the networking element that you highlighted, because I think that that's, that's such a pivotal, important aspect of being able to connect dots. And so for, students, new graduates, anybody who is going through this process where they're they're developing this this clarity and and trying to to really formulate what that end destination is going to be, they need to be able to kind of connect with with people. You know, so 
are there really are, are there any good steps or good advice that you would have for individuals uh, to ensure that they are more successful in landing opportunities specifically through that networking absolutely and linkedin is is such an impressive platform when it comes to having the confidence especially after you've done you know the the legwork of determining what it is you want to do from a responsibility standpoint. But once you determine that core message, it, let's just say you went to, um, I, I went to Bentley University, right? And let's say I'm a senior at Bentley University and I want to speak to other alumni from Bentley within my target market. So you've created your core messaging. At this point, the next step really would be Okay, well, who are some of the target companies that you would like to work with? Or maybe you're not sure if you want to work with them yet, but you'd like to at least have the conversation to determine, you know, what that organization does and and how people are successful and they um, successful there and things of that nature. So once you figure out what companies you're interested in, you can go on LinkedIn. You can find your university's LinkedIn page. And when you view their page, there's an alumni button. And when you go into the alumni button, there's all sorts of filters, right? And you can start off as easy as, okay, what's an ideal location I would like to live in? And if it's you know Boston, you can click on the Boston button or type in Boston. What's the um, you know ideal company that I would like to work for? And let's say you have a list of five target companies. You can click on all five of those companies, type them in, click on them. And then there, it even goes further down into what are people doing in that organization? Uh, what did they study while at the university that we're talking about and so forth. So once you select all those, what LinkedIn provides as search results are the individuals that currently live in your ideal location Uh, have worked in the past or currently work in your ideal target companies. And then however much further you went into the filter, but it shows you the people, it gives you their LinkedIn profile. If you select their one individual, you can say, you can message them, personalize the invitation and just say, Hey, you know, Joe, I also, or I'm graduating from Bentley university this may, I see that you also went to Bentley university and you're working right now at Amazon. I'm really interested in project management roles when I graduate, and I see you're also uh, working in a project management environment. I would love to connect, say hello, see what your journey has been like since you left you know, the Bentley days. And just having that connection of an alumni alone that allows for people to feel more comfortable connecting with you rather than just a complete stranger reaching out with not a specific message. Um, so I hope hopefully that's helpful, but that's at least a good starting point. No, that's absolutely great. I love that. Love it, love it, love it. And again, these are like the hidden gems of LinkedIn. These are so, so important to be able to to tap into. So, you know, th- uh, Alicia, th- this has been extraordinary. You've really provided us such great practical tips and advice for so many of these different checkpoints and being able to really, really find 
find direction by, you know, um, leveraging our network and really anchoring into our authenticity and finding really, really good strategies in order to, to get that. We ask every guest who hops on this podcast one question, which is, what is the best piece of career advice that you could now pass along? So this might be super focused, but I think it's one of the best things that you can do as a student or even someone transitioning um, within their career professionally, you know, in, in, you know, in their 40s or 50s. Um, journaling your weekly experiences, right? That could be in the college classroom, that could be in your internships, that could be through networking conversations, and then rank those experiences, right? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Were you somewhere in the middle? And then sort through those experiences that you loved and align those with job descriptions that you are interested in pursuing. And if the majority of the responsibilities listed on that job description are experiences that you've loved to complete in the past, then you're on the right track. And if the not, if, if not, that's okay too. You've narrowed something down that you don't want to do and you can move on to the next job description and start to get a feel for are these job descriptions based on these titles making sense or are they not? And if they're making sense, that's where you want to be. Such a good piece of advice and takeaway for our listeners to really apply to their every day. So Alicia, I love that so much. And again, I appreciate you being on here and sharing this with you, with all of us. If our listeners are looking to connect with you and find your content, where, where can they do all of that and how can they get connected to you? Sure. If you go to mindfulcareerpath.com, all of my information is there. My email address, Alicia Ramsell at mindfulcareerpath.com, as well as all, all of my social media links. Happy to connect, of course, on LinkedIn because that's where I spend the majority of my time. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. We appreciate it so much and all of the good takeaways today. This is your career GPS and your journey awaits. <laughs>